You're listening to the Design Hustle Show. The Design Hustle Show is all about providing tips, tricks, and best practices regarding marketing and design for your hustle. No matter whether you're an entrepreneur, small business, or a corporation, you'll find something you can use to help your growing business. Each episode, I'll bring colleagues from the marketing design industry to share what they know and how you can use it for your situation. We'll talk in depth about what they do and how they do it. It's great stuff and it's stuff you can use. Episode one of the Design Hustle Show is all about demystifying SEO, how content marketing helps and the difference between that and search engine marketing. I welcome my friend Mike Conley, a digital marketing specialist who's worked in the footwear, apparel, and food service industries, and has also worked for a couple of marketing agencies too. We talked about SEO, SEM, and content marketing, as well as the future of SEO, and basically what's next. What makes it so mystical? Mike shares his thoughts on how important content marketing is to your SEO, advice on search engine marketing, and where to get a great grilled cheese sandwich. Let's jump right in. My first question for Mike is, is SEO still all about keywords and meta tags, or is it more? Uh, absolutely. It's, it's more, than, more than just keywords, more than meta tags. Um, this is how search engines, Google, uh, Bing, um, Yandex is another popular one overseas, mostly Russian-based, but um, this is how search engines index your website. Uh, but it's also about page structure and making sure your your site is laid out appropriately so services like Google Analytics can better assist you with formatting your data uh, better than uh, just logging in and looking at random URLs. So are you saying like uh, headlines and, and body copy and stuff like that are good to, to have or it, like um, your your markup the HTML markup Mm -hmm. is that important to have as clean and neat as possible Uh, absolutely I think Google is definitely looking at your HTML Um, not not, not necessarily judging but um, it's it's more along the lines of um, it's looking for those meta descriptions which are um, if you're looking at the Google search it's underneath the blue uh, link at the top uh, the blue link is actually your title tag. That's how you name your specific page. So you have your title tag at the top. You want to have one of your keywords in there. You want that to be what's on the page. You say it, set that precedent with the title tag. Then in your meta description, you want to reiterate that and go for into a little bit more detail, maybe a summary of what's on that page. Uh, after that, when the HTML kind of comes in, if you have images on your page, which I highly recommend a couple of them, you again reiterate that keyword within the alt tag. In your H1, you want to have a keyword in there as well. Um, you want to keep your consistency throughout your paragraphs as well. And one thing we should always remember, uh, Google is always getting smarter. I think it's really cl- always clear. We see that just the other day they had, I guess we're all going to have our own telemarketers for ourselves, be able to call um, salons without ever having to talk to them. Google will do that for us. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I have a friend who's a masseuse that uh, that 
that's how she schedules appointments. People can go right through Google to to schedule appointments. And that's just crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> world how they're doing it. So as Google gets smarter, um, they're understanding the context behind the paragraph. So in the old days when meta tags were a thing, um, now it's more just use keywords on your page. But when meta tags were a thing, if you remember 90s, early 2000s, you had those old websites down at the bottom that just just this huge word bubble, like you had all these different keywords. That was the old way of doing SEO. And uh, now Google is looking for in context, in paragraph, going back to that page structure, how are you, how are you structuring that whole page around one idea, around one, one or two keywords per page? So. Will, uh, will Google pen penalize you if you're trying to keyword stuff your pages? Are they are they you know policing it that closely or is it something that they're like they'll maybe you know you won't be higher in the search engine rankings if you're if you're just you know stuffing your keyword as much as possible within um, page. Good question. I think it's um, important not to overdo it with your keyword on whatever page um, and also adding too many keywords. So you want to have a focus going into making one page. Um, you want to make sure that content is structured around, again, one or two keywords and similar words. So if you're ranking for um, bottled water, you could talk about H2O, talk about water, talk about bottled water, talk about well, what are the types of waters that have the zero. Probably edit that out. Probably a bad one. Um, <laughs> let's see, what would be a good example then? Uh, if you're looking at wine, right? There's so many types of wines. Right, right. You're you're a wine fan. I know that. Absolutely. So, what's your favorite type? I prefer reds. Uh, not reds. Sorry, whites. I'm currently drinking a red at home. Mm -hmm. um, uh, whites. I prefer like a riesling. Okay. Um, and Pinot Grigio is kind of in that ballpark. Okay. Also. Um, okay. So if you like riesling wine, and that's your that's your page title tag at the top. It's in your meta description. Um, it's in a couple of your H ones and paragraph tags. What other things are associated with Riesling? Well, there's white wine. There's maybe what type of grapes are used within that, what part of the country it is. This is all contextual evidence that Google looks at to see, A, is this good content for me to publish? And does this person also have some sort of unique view or um, is an expert in this area on Riesling? So in, in a way, Google will penalize you if it doesn't all add up to it, uh, whatever its algorithm is looking for. Um, so keeping that structure and staying focused on um, that specific keyword and how you're going to write it is, is very important. Is, is having more than one keyword on a, on a particular page a good idea, bad idea? Is it helpful? Uh, depends on how, it depends on how you, you are going to move the I would say that if you have a person that's going to land on one of those patients, on those pages, uh, they go to the Riesling page, continue with our wine example. Absolutely. Um, what other types of wines are similar to that? Okay. Maybe have a little bit of blurb. If you like Riesling, you might like this and talk a very little bit about it and then have a link to that other page on your website that talks about that other, as you said, Pinot Grigio talks about Pinot Grigio. And then you repeat that same page structure, but for the different keyword. Okay. So um, having similar keywords on there, lo loosely related to whatever you're focusing on that page, that's, that's good. It helps drive um, 
you know, it's almost like internal link juice for your website. You know, one's associated with the other, and it just keeps the flow going. Uh, specificity. Specificity. Yeah, it's a big word. <laughs> um, is it important to be to to drill down to the most specific thing, or should you have a page, basically the long tail? Is it, is that still important? Is it was it was it ever important uh, with regard to say, all right, white wines is mm-hmm. your your category, your mm-hmm. your your landing page, and then within the white wines category, you have Riesling, mm-hmm. uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio. Is is going down further down and down and down until you don't have any further to go? Is that important, mm-hmm. or is that you're talking about URL structure, right? And, and what, yes, absolutely. I think um, that's another component of SEO. You need to have that keyword in your URL in in some way. So, on top of your title tag, meta description, Google's going to look for that. Um, that adds um, that adds to the overall review that Google does when it crawls your site. Um, having that page structure um, or that URL structure, I should say. Um, you know, jefferyswines.com forward slash white wine forward slash Riesling. Absolutely. That, that is very important because, again, it's telling Google you're structuring it. Um, and if your overall keyword and what you do is sell white wines or sell wines, Google wants to know how do you structure this. You're not going to just have one homepage that's going to have reds and whites and then every other type on there. And anytime somebody right. wants to go there, they're going to go to that homepage. Now, you want to send people to specific pages. And... Uh, the URL is not necessarily for the people who are looking for it. It's also for Google and how they're going to index that that website appropriately. So let's talk about content. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how important is is having great great content that um, you can read and and feel like it's got substance, or is it just the you know the two or three sentences that summarize your business? or whatever you're talking about that can be found wherever on mm. the internet. It is important to, to have that content that really kind of shows um, and how much of it should you have um, throughout your site um, to help with SEO, obviously. It's a great question. Content marketing is very important. Um, you are, you have to remember as you're going into uh, your business, you're going into business because you either provide a unique uh, product or service and you are in your own way trying to prove yourself as being better than the competition uh, a lot of people who have landscaping businesses or anything put their name on their truck and a couple of the main keywords that they do that and that's their driving billboard when it gets to the website some of them just throw up a random one pager and just say hey this is where I am and this is what I do well is there any information you can provide that you know about? So if, if you're landscaping, what different types of grasses are there? Or do you put, do you provide? We're in New England. We have four very distinct seasons. Um, what grass is going to last for three seasons? Um, what don't you have to plant every year if it's a specific plant that you're helping out with? That, not, that is knowledge that your clients, customers may not know. So back to SEO... Uh, if you have keywords for your business or what have you, designing and creating content around that to make you, again, uh, an expert in your area shows to people that 
you are that expert and you're unique in what you do. And that's, that's Google when it's again in context writing, um, and then your customers. So what that comes down to is on your regular pages that you have on your website, uh, you want to be somewhat concise slash specific. If you can, you want to have that one focus keyword and content around that. Um, it's not just, let's throw up a quick paragraph and a couple of pictures and that's it. That's, um, a good start, but you want to have a little bit more meat and potatoes to that. When you're getting more specific into what you're doing, you may want to consider blog uh, or blogging, uh, add those keywords that are still related to those major keywords and link back to that page. So again, if it's grass and you want to talk about one specific type of grass and what's good about it, okay, that's cool. Put that in a blog post and then learn more about our services and link back to that specific grass page on your website. It helps identify you as an expert in that area. Well, and it also, I think, probably keeps you, keeps the, uh, the user, the visitor uh, on your site longer and mm -hmm. the longer they stay, obviously. Absolutely. The better the chance for a sale. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I think of, if you go back to how the, the internet was originally designed, the World Wide Web, um, think of it like a spider web. And the, the spiders are your SERPs, your search, your search engine providers, right? Um, and they want to munch on the, the biggest bug. Your website is going to be that bug. The bigger you are, you know, the, the more attention you get. So if you have a little fly that flies into the web, but then you have a big bee, you know, two distinct sizes, right? But the spider's probably going to go straight to that bee first because it's bigger. It's going to munch on that content first. So kind of look at it that way. It's a loose way of looking at it, but you, you got to think if, if you have a more broad or bigger website, um, better content, you're going to look much better than that maybe one-off couple pages uh, website. We're going to take a quick break and get right back to the conversation. But first, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? There's really no better place to host your podcast than on Blueberry. With Blueberry Podcast Hosting, you have unlimited downloads. It offers PowerPress, a Blueberry WordPress plugin that allows you to upload and publish right from your WordPress site, and it integrates with iTunes and creates an RSS feed for syndication. Sounds pretty cool, right? Sign up today and get one month of podcast hosting free. Simply click the Blueberry web banner on our website at designhustleshow.com and enter the code DESIGNHUSTLE to take advantage of this offer. Blueberry, the best podcast hosting, statistics, and more. Featuring PowerPress, the WordPress plugin that ensures speed and simplicity in sharing your podcast with your listeners. Try it today. Now, let's get back to it. I have more questions for Mike about search engine marketing and Google AdWords and the future of SEO. Let's see what he has to say. Search engine marketing, SEM, how is that different from content marketing? SEM is your online advertising, right? Um, that's what's going to drive traffic to your website. Think of it like uh, billboards on the internet. If you're, there's, there's two types, there's two types of um, ads. <laughs> there's two types of ads. There's two networks of ads. So there's the search network and then there's the display network. The search network is on uh, Google and Bing and Yahoo. Uh, you set up a tech pad, 
you set up a text ad, that's going to be your search network. Okay. Um, anytime somebody puts into puts in a keyword into those searches, you're going to be bidding on those keywords to show up. On the display side of things, when you go to a New York Times article or Wall Street Journal or wherever, that's where you're going to see those ads in the middle of the page. That's that's the display network. Both have really unique cases. Search ads search ads are great to start with if you're trying to rank higher in search and trying to get noticed. People are searching for your services. AdWords, Google AdWords is going to help provide you with a baseline of who's who's how many people are searching on on a monthly basis and what the cost of those would be per click. On the display side of things, you're going to hit that kind of assistance from Google as well based on audience type. So if we'll use the wine example again, if you want wine enthusiasts, there might be a, an affinity audience or an in-market audience um, that Google already has for people that are long-term interested in wine. That would be your affinity audience. And then there's the in-market audience, people ready to buy. They're actively searching. So with the display network, you're going to be paying per click as well. Uh, might be a little bit more expensive depending on the audience, just as search network might be a little bit more expensive depending on the uh, demand for that keyword, the competitiveness of that keyword. As far as like ads and ad budgets go, um, I I've done a few campaigns with limited success uh, uh, over the past year or two years. Um, and how do you know how long an ad should run in addition to how much to spend mm -hmm. to really get what you can from that ad? Because mm -hmm. I, I know you can't just let an ad run for a week and, and expect to get any great return on it mm -hmm. because it just hasn't gotten enough impressions out. Mm -hmm. um, how do you know? Where is that magic magic mm -hmm. spot, the sweet spot where you know it's, it's long enough that it gets the exposure and possibly a couple clicks or you know and, and how much do you allot for that you know wh when do you cut the line say hey that's too much so the, the one thing I think we need to remember about all types of search engine marketing and search engine optimization is that it's never a set it and forget it type thing you're always absolutely uh, you're mm -hmm. always iterating not every day you're gonna drive yourself nuts if you're doing this every day um, maybe once a week spend 20 minutes look at it and then once a month, go in and see, all right, what's working, what's not. Uh, when you're starting out, you know it's great to have the assistance of Google and have the affinity audience and the um, knowledge of what's behind all the keywords, but that might not be the right stuff for you. You might say, well, I'm a wine enthusiast and I'm gonna go after people who are just like me. Well, that might not necessarily be it. You might be going after people who are looking at stressed at work or something like that. Not that alcohol is the end-all be-all <laughs> solution, but... Uh, Sometimes it, it, it helps to take the edge off. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, but you might find that, you know, other audiences are are um, more likely to be for you, for your, for your service, for whatever you're trying to rank for and whatever you're trying to advertise for. But I would say once a month, you definitely want to do a, a review. What happened? Um, how many impressions? What are you getting for clicks? What's your click-through rate? Impressions are great. The click-through rate is really going to tell you. On the search side, 3% is sometimes, as an industry standard, 3% is a good click-through rate. On the display side, it could be 
0.18. The reason for that is, the reason it's lower, uh, is you're going to have a lot more impressions on the display side because Google's just going to be throwing that ad out to wherever that person on the internet is is searching, wherever they're browsing, trying to get them. And that one person's maybe going to have multiple impressions. So that's something to consider as well. Uh, definitely once a month do a review. As far as budget goes, if you're just starting out, it depends on how much, it really depends on how much you're willing to dive in. Uh, you look at it from a daily perspective. If you're doing $10 a day, it might be a good place to start with the display network just to see what's out there. If you're on the search network, it might be a little bit more because your keyword, again, if we're talking wines, that or, or even landscaping, those might be really competitive depending on the type of time of year. Um, right. So, and that, that could be the exact same thing for the display network. So you might need to up your budget. But if you're really trying to control that, that cost per click, definitely at least start somewhere and see what's happening. If you only get two clicks a day, but it act, it's generating stuff, something's better than nothing, right? Right. But as long as don't, so what I would take away from this is uh, don't drive yourself insane and check it every single day. Review it once a week for 20 minutes, make some changes, and then once a month really get into there, get into it and see what the ad has done. Oh, another thing is always A-B test. If you have if you have a search ad, run another one that's similar or different, different type of verbiage just to see what happens. And so does any of this, do, does search engine marketing and content marketing, do they, they coincide at all? They overlap? Is it, is it something that, mm-hmm. you know, where, where the keywords that you're using in content paid, do, do those, those have to go together to, to kind of make it, make it all work? Mm-hmm. I think absolutely. Search engine marketing is going to get the people to your site. How do you keep them there? How do you get them to convert? That's where your content marketing is going to show its, you know, show its wings. What, what's cool? What's what again? What makes you unique and what makes people want to sign up? A lot of companies will choose to tailor a specific, uh, tailor an ad to a specific type of person or product or service that they have, and they'll redirect them to a landing page that you can't find on the normal website, right. and it's designed specifically to convert somebody and it's still set up as a regular page would be but it might have a form right there if they like what they see and you have unique enough content you're like yeah as a customer like this is everything i need i'm going to sign up now either they call the phone number or they just give submit the form right then and there so while we're on the topic of landing pages calls to action um, you know, I've seen a lot of sites that haven't had them. Um, I've seen an influx of sites that, that are starting to use them. How many should you have on a landing page, say for a particular search engine mm-hmm. marketing campaign? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to drive people toward a certain goal, ultimately to convert, mm-hmm. how many do you want to have on a page? Is it is it okay to have more than one? Um, what do you think? I like sending. I personally like sending people to a website that, or a landing page, that has one call to action. If it has more than one, I feel that the content's going to be too much for for one for one landing page. Again, this person was looking for something specific in search, decided to click your ad. I just want to get them exactly what they wanted to see. And focus on that. Are there cases that you can add a couple of them, a couple of call to actions on the website? 
or landing page, sure. Um, but I don't know if they're as effective as just having one solid call to action. Right. Um, how important is uh, page speed? How fast it loads? How, how important is that to all of the Southern <laughs> that we've been talking about? I mean, the content marketing, obviously, you've got more mm. content. It's mm -hmm. probably going to take a little longer to load. Mm -hmm. Is that going to drive someone away just because it takes a little longer, but it's more great content? In this day and age, page speed is very important. Think about it. Think about it for yourself. Um, are you going to go to a website that's going to take a minute to load? You're most likely going on your going to it on your phone. If you're at work, you have a little bit of time in between tasks. Do a quick search. You you want something now. You want something quick, and and that's just the general. Uh, sense across the internet everybody wants something now amazon prime you get stuff in two days you know uh, <laughs> we're in a society that wants everything now it's my money and i want it now right type right, deal, right right um so absolutely important and how you get there is making sure your page structure uh is is set up properly uh, a clean html html page or if you're using something like wordpress Make sure that you are optimizing that page. Your images uh, using what is it, tinypng.com, making sure that their images are minimized, but still good quality, uh, so that they're not taking up too much of the load time. Cool. Uh, where do you see SEO going? Even two months from now, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now? Uh, I know Google is making some great big changes and their mobile first indexing is is they claim it's starting already they're rolling it out in some cases i've seen you know some sites that aren't mobile ready and they're still near the top so mm. i'm i'm waiting for that to happen mm -hmm. and uh, but um i where do you see it going i think just recently google allows you to index both mobile pages and your regular desktop pages separately now. So that's pretty interesting. So that means we're getting to a world where search might be completely AMP ready, accelerated mobile pages. Right. Um, so I definitely see that becoming more of a, it's going to take precedent in, in search. The one thing to remember is as we use more to more of our mobile phones, that's that's seen in Google Analytics that my website is going to be maybe 60% mobile versus desktop now. Uh, and just in the last two years, it's been a complete change. I work on a couple of clients and sometimes they just choose to put search engine ads on mobile devices and don't even worry about desktop because they've seen more people convert, more people um, visit, more people just search in the site on the mobile side and don't care much for desktop anymore. I think, uh, what was it, last year might have been the first year, if not um, the second year, where uh, mobile sales at Christmas time were much higher than desktop. Absolutely. Uh, stuff purchased on, online. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. Um, Amazon and like companies have done a great job optimizing their, their mobile apps for quick purchases you go on Amazon you find exactly what you want and it's a one-click purchase I mean that doesn't get that much easier than that no uh, <laughs> dangerous too it is very dangerous <laughs> don't drink wine and go to amazon.com <laughs> don't drink wine and prime 
Ah, there we go. Um, words to live by. But uh, where it, where it's going, I definitely think it's going to tie into a lot of the, if it hasn't already, the at-home devices. So Google Home, what is it called? The iHome, Alexa. Right. Uh, when you're asking those questions, hey, what's a whale sound like or whatever we see on the internet, right? Or on the, on the TV. Those little snippets that in search you, you would see at the top, Alexa, Google, iHome, is looking for that type of stuff and back to that con that contextual over or uh, crawl that Google does it's looking for that information and trying to validate that it's correct and usable by a lot of people so definitely think it's going there uh, and then going back to kind of what we said uh, if I say to Google uh, schedule me a haircut it's going to call the salon itself and have that conversation with them so it's the text that we provide or say that it understands and then the actions that it takes that I think SEO is going to help out a lot with that and to have, for us marketers and advertisers to have our attention to that I think is very valuable. Do you think Google's moving towards AI? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think I run, uh, my, my life at home is kind of run by Google AI. <laughs> uh, so I like the Google Home. I think it's great. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, for uh, recording with me and, and, uh, and enlightening me on more uh, SEO stuff. One last question, all important. This is the, the the most important question of this whole interview. What's your favorite lunch spot? My favorite lunch spot. Recently, I've been going to Cheddar and Rye on Elm Street. They just opened up a couple weeks ago in Manchester. In Manchester, and. They have the best grilled cheeses, and they have a great tomato soup that goes along with it. It's comfort food, but it's great. That's the cheddar part. The rye part, there's a whiskey bar out back that they're working on, so that'll open soon, but cheddar and rye is great. Excellent, excellent. So cheddar and rye on Elm Street in Manchester. Mm -hmm. All right, well, thank you, Mike, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Design Hustle Show. I hope you found some info you can use in your business or side hustle. Want us to cover something specific on the Design Hustle Show? Email us at design at dpigraphics.net and let us know. Tell a friend and check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Coming up on the next episode of the Design Hustle Show, my friend Jesse Nicoli joins me to talk about all kinds of design resources and what plugins every WordPress site needs to have. So join us next time for that. Thanks for listening.